Story Guys is a fake game show podcast where we tell stories to each other and decide who gets a bunch of fake points and a fake storytelling tiara. My name is Brian. And I'm, I'm Murdoch. This is episode four of Story Guys. And I have won two back-to-back episodes, so it's time for you to step up your story game, sir. That's right. I'm getting the ball in the second half, so I get to go first because I want that tiara on my head so I can walk around with it. So uh, here is what we have learned so far. We have learned um, that Mark and I are buddies. We used to have another podcast. Right. And uh, we were doing that before everybody was podcasting. And now everyone is podcasting. And we've decided why not do it again? Yeah. Well, we just, we've been meaning on getting the band back together for a while. So this just, I mean, it's just worked out. So if you want to get involved in all the things that we do, both professionally and um, I mean, this is professional, but also with this podcast and with the writing and we're going to I think we'll make some videos. It's all at wearethestoryguys.com. Wearethestoryguys.com. You'll find our social links, etc. all right there. Sweet. That's what to do. And so since I'm going first, we have to pick what, what are we doing today? We have to, what is it? What the we- story starter today is coming from the hat full of song titles again. And right. this one is, uh, hold on, let me, I placed it over here. Okay. It is, uh, oh, it's Fast Car, which, inter- interestingly enough, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, I saw someone say on Facebook recently that it is one of the best songs of all time. How do you feel about that? I think it's, uh, it's it, it hasn't, like, it's aged really well, right? Like, it's better than Magic by Pilot. <laughs> Right, it's got more. There's there's something there's something that has this eternal lasting quality about it. this is the lyric and the guitar and it's just really pretty and serene. You could listen to that song while you're driving because it's talking about driving in your car, but you could also listen to that song while you're at the beach or like on your back porch. Like it has there's a lot of stuff. Like there's only so many things you can do with Magic by Pilot. It's also a, every time you say that, I just think of that Joan Arbitrating song. What is that like? Down to Pilot. What's the name of that song? Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? You, you I love that. I love that song. So I was hearing that when you were saying <laughs> Magic by Pilot. Um, you know. So the other great thing about Fast Car, great storytelling song, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that is the inspiration today. Fast Car. You're going to go first. That's what is your story, sir? Okay. So um, I'm going to talk about some fast cars. I'm going to do that. So. Uh, I got, I grew up in the South, like you, Arkansas, Tennessee, that's me. And I got a learner's permit. It's what they called it then. I don't know what the kids do now, but anyway, (laughs) so I had a permit that I had before I was 16 so I could go to work. And so I had a grocery store job. I I like sat groceries and then, you know, stocked the shelves or whatever. Uh, and then unloaded the truck. I did that. Um, that was the first time I had like a, a, the razor blade thing where I'd open the the box that felt really manly for me at the time. That was some manly stuff. Uh, so my dad had three El Caminos. Uh, so I got to, I got one of them. So he had a, a red and white one, uh, a, a silver and gray one and a yellow and white one. And the yellow and white one's the one I got it was a 1977 El Camino. Um, and then it stopped working. So then I got the red and white one. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a seventies era, uh, one. And it looked really cool. Um, and I noticed that other people had El Caminos. There were other people that had El Caminos in my town, by the way, Brian. They had, they had sandbags, gigantic sandbags in the back of it. So when you hit, when you like got on it and hit it really fast, it wouldn't fishtail. So you had weight in the back. Quick clarification. Right. So there are two... Car truck. There are two cars that I, I think of when I think of older cars that don't exist anymore. There's the El Camino, which is the car truck. And then there's the Pinto. Do you remember yeah. the Pinto? Yeah. Now, my grandfather had a Pinto, but... I am trying to remember, was 
there were safety concerns with both of them, right? Like the Pintos like blew up, but the El Caminos were just not good to drive because of the mechanical engineering of a car truck or what? I, I don't know. I mean, clearly my dad had three of them, so he didn't really care about safety concerns, man. So I got the red and white one. So uh, I remember very clearly one day leaving work with the red and white El Camino and thinking, all right, man, there's nobody on this road. I'm going to, I'm going to step on it and see what happens. Uh, so it dies um, <laughs> on the road. So I have to walk back to the grocery store. Uh, was it like what happened? Was it out of gas? It, it just like it was like too much fuel in it once. And it's like hold on, I can't do it's, it. It's like your lawnmower. It's yeah. like a lawnmower car. It, it was. It just. It just was not ready for my foot. So I had to call my dad. I had to do the whole thing. Um, so that didn't work. Uh, but I was getting close to sixteen. So um, so instead of driving the El Camino, my dad bought me a car. He bought me. A dead sexy uh, Oldsmobile Calais. It was a 1988 Oldsmobile Calais Coupe. So it's two-door, right? It's black. Um, who knows how many people had had it. Also, you knew that it had been in an accident because it, it didn't have power windows. It had the roll-up manual windows, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were backwards. So you knew that you knew on the driver's side. <laughs> Not only it, did it yeah. did it get an accident, yeah. cousin Charlie or neighbor Craig right. fixed it. It yeah. like didn't go to an actual yeah. shop. Like was, someone someone in the family fixed that. We openly knew that. So um, so that was my first experience with seeing how many girls I could put into a car. By the way, eight. And and learning how to fishtail, like, you know, just getting on it and driving and, and turning the wheel as fast as you could. And I ran into a ditch. I found out how to do that. Like, okay, this fish tailing in a also bill is not the, the best way that you, you ever want to go in the whole thing. And um, it was a great little car. So I drove it, I think, till I was like maybe 17 or so. And my mom was taking, we were going on vacation and she wanted to take the trash to my grandmother's house <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> And she got T-boned like half a mile from our house, like totally T-boned um, by like the the realtor in our town's daughter. Like, you know, everybody knows everybody <laughs> is. Um, and it was a drag. I mean, she, she kind of got, she got hurt. And the car, of course, was demolished. So I thought, so I go with my... <laughs> I go with my I go with my dad I to the, wait for where this is going. I go with my dad to this body shop, which I never really knew there was. I know where it is now. I never knew there was this body shop. It was in a residential neighborhood, like down like a driveway in between other driveways in the back. It was weird. Like imagine you live on a street, and then in the middle of all these houses, in the back is a body shop, like in the middle of the houses, but behind them. Uh, so I went back there and my car is being towed. I'm watching it and we're behind it and we get up, uh, we get, we're just following it and then they get it off the tow truck and, uh, and, and they get it off. And, and my dad says to this other guy, he goes, well, Hey, is it total? And the guy goes, no, nah, Jerry, it ain't total. <laughs> and then I don't know if there was just like non words or what exactly was happening I just know the next thing I knew was a sledgehammer. Uh, what? And my car was totaled, like, within five seconds. Oh, they were going to make sure it was totaled. So, I got a uh, one-year-old Oldsmobile Calais. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. So, at what point does an insurance adjuster come out and not notice that it's been hit by a sledgehammer? 
So the next car that I get is a one-year-old Oldsmobile Calais, and it is red. It's two-toned, red and yellow, with like a yellow racing stripe. There is nothing more redneck than I can think about <laughs> than this freaking car I used to have. So I need to put up a picture on the site. We are we are the storyguys.com of an Oldsmobile Calais. Yeah, yeah. Because when did we they have, stop making those? Well, that was uh, that had to be ninety, and then I don't know if they made them after that. I mean, that was like nineteen ninety. That was <laughs> so. Um, so, but yeah, so I had that, and then out of nowhere, like one day I came home, my dad uh, traded my car, and I got a Mustang, and I mean, talk about how cool I had a red Mustang GT, uh, and. Uh, you know, Is there just the sense that at any point your dad might trade in your car? Like he used to do it to my mom too. Like we would go. There I'll would be, be no conversation. You'd no. come home. There'd be a different car in the driveway. Right, right. right. And this is just because Jerry knows people, or just because Jerry's got a deal he's making, or just—I mean, you never really knew. He just—he just would make those decisions for everyone. Because um, as my dad used to say, he who does the paying does the saying, and that's what he would do. <laughs> One time we dropped my mom off shopping. <laughs> you say it like I, your dad. How you does buying does saying. So there was one time we dropped my mom off shopping, and while she was shopping, we traded her car. And I told that story on Ice Cream Headache a long time ago, and I'm not telling it now, but it was brutal. So, so then, I, like, I had the Mustang for like a year, and at some point, I guess he figured out like this is a money pit of ridiculousness. I mean, who knows how much a red car for a 17 year old is? Right for insurance and stuff. Yeah. So then I got. This is the final chapter of the fast car. <laughs> so then, I don't know how it happened, but I have a Thunderbird. So I have a Ford Thunderbird. And it's like midnight blue flake. That's what the color was. It had like like kind of silvery flakes yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like it, almost two-tone? Not two-tone. But, no, but like, no, it was like one color blue, but it kind of had sparklies in it. Nice. Like, like it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> two-door. Uh, the Thunderbird. So... Uh, I drove that car in every time zone in the United States. I drove it to New York City, to Atlanta. I drove it to Alabama. I drove it to Chicago. I drove it to Dallas, Texas. Um, like I, I drove that car everywhere. I mean, I put 160,000 miles on it. But it was after the first year or so, there was a problem with the transmission, and I went and had to take it to the dealer to get it fixed. And as I was driving out of the parking lot, it just stalled and stopped in the parking lot in the middle of their lot where all the cars were. And they're like, you got any problems? And I was like, yep. And I just threw the keys at them. I'm like, give me another car. Um, <laughs> but that car, and people started, and that car had a name, which all cool cars, like people would, they, you name them after women, right? Like boats or whatever. But I didn't. It was the Thunder Chicken. That's what we named that car. <laughs> the Thunder Chicken yeah. died in yeah. a dealer parking lot? Yeah. It died, and then I, had, I got it fixed, whatever. But then I had that car for maybe four or five years. Uh, and when I moved to New York City, I sold it for $6,500 cash. There you go. That's, That's my, a good way to start a stay in New York City. Get yeah. We get rid of the car. And, six grand. I was going to say six grand bought you how many slices of pizza in New York City? I want to point out, I spent every dime of that money. <laughs> I didn't save any of that money. Nope. Uh, that's that's a really good story. The only thing I have to add in commiseration, I don't think it's worth me telling this story up against that story um, because it's almost similar. But my dad bought me a – how did that car come into being? We somehow got an 83 Buick Park Avenue in the family when I started driving. Yeah. 
And remember like how the ceiling would droop, they would do the cloth across the, the ceiling cloth, and, yeah, it would, sure. and then you'd have to take a stapler and staple up the cloth. Never did that, but and, now I know. Oh yeah, I did that all the time on more than one car. And so then I had some issues with that just like not working, that Butte Park Avenue. And we did the whole like Uncle Charlie, Cousin Chris thing where it was like there was Jeremy who was uh, in our church and was a, a wayward soul who had a drug problem, but we'd occasionally let him work on the car for, you know, very little money. That he could definitely, yeah, for drug money. And uh, he introduced me to Nickelback. That's a whole different thing. But um, so (laughs) one day I did come home from work and the car was gone. I'd been dropped off at work or I took my dad's card and he said, yeah, I I sold it for $500 to a man named Moses. Oh my gosh. And that was the last I ever saw that car. So I do commiserate with your (laughs) car disappearing into the night with no, no word, no nothing. Just, I, I know a name and a cash amount, which I then said, cool, I get $500. And he said, no, you didn't pay for this. You didn't finish paying me for this car, which I think was the price that he was selling it to me for. Did he, did he sell two of them to put them on the boat? Cause there's two by two, right? Uh, you got the, you got the, you got the wrong Bible character. You're thinking of Noah. Oh, Noah. Sorry. (laughs) By the way, don't ask me about Bible things. (laughs) So, okay. Fast car is the topic. We'll go to my story. I I initially thought about talking about um, speeding tickets because I got a lot of those at a certain period in my life. Um, So, I could tell you a lot of those stories about speeding tickets. Um, Instead, I'm going to tell a story about me being able to legally drive a car. So this is actually to, to, to put a little contrast on my story from the last episode in which you said a lot of kind things when I won about what it says about, you know, my, my wanting to be honest in the, uh, there it's a story about taking a test when I was in second grade and actually figuring out like the trick to the test and being the only person in the class that got it right and feeling guilty about it my entire life. Um, because I had basically kind of cheated, kind of cheated. So this, this is where I actually kind of cheated the system and knowingly, and my dad was involved. So my dad is a Christian church minister. We moved to Arkansas when I was 15. We had lived in Kentucky before and in Kentucky, you could at the time you had to get your uh you had to get your license or you had to get your permit i think when you turned 16 so maybe i had just turned 16 so we got my permit moved to arkansas it had been 6 months and then it was then you could go once you had your permit for 6 months you could go and get your actual license right so we go in arkansas we call them and say hey will this work we have this out of state license can we go and can we take the test and sure. he's waited the 6 months etc cetera, etc cetera. So they tell us it's all fine on the phone. My dad picks me up from school. We go down to the DMV and we walk in and show them the ID so we can take the driver's test. And they say, no, 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 no. We'd even borrowed a car from my friend because whatever cars we were driving at the time, I did not want to take the driver's test in. Um, Maybe because one of them was a Buick Park Avenue. (laughs) Um, And parallel parking, that would have been a beast. Um, So we borrowed this little Honda that my buddy drove around. And we get there and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. This doesn't work. You can't do this. You have to start over. So now you need to take the written test and then you have to wait another six months in the state of Arkansas and then you can take your driver's test. I was devastated. Yeah. Like wanting to cry, right? Oh, yeah. I might have. I'm not going to say that I didn't. So maybe I cried when I failed my driver's test the first time. 
Anyway. The guy who was facilitating all of this was like an old retired cop, and he was very gruff and, oh, no, you were oh. And then he made me take the written test. And so I'm distraught trying to take the written test, which I passed barely. Um, and so, you know, it's the whole thing starts over. So I leave. I go home. I'm upset. I'm talking about it at home. And at the time, Kentucky State Driver's License, there's a detail to this story, actually said across the top, Kentucky State Driver's License, and then they don't look like this anymore. Now they're like a piece of paper. But they actually gave you a thing that looked like a license. It said Kentucky State Driver's License, and then it said instructional permit in smaller print in the middle of the license. So I'm lamenting about this at home. And in front of my dad, I say... How could I, it's not like I could fake this from another state. Look how much this looks like a real license. And I pull it out of my wallet and show it to him. And he goes, wait a second. And he grabs it and he goes, I'm going to pick you up from school tomorrow. And I said, okay. Great. So fast forward a day. Exacto knife. I walk out of high school. No, yeah, right. I walk out of high school. I get in his car and we go back to the DMV, right? So there's an important thing you have to know about my dad. He does not have a dishonest bone in his body, except for when it comes to like the eighth inning of a baseball game, he's paid for nosebleeds for, and then he'll sneak down to the baseline so that he could be close. Right. But outside of that, he doesn't really ever bend the rules very much. My brother likes to give him a lot of, a lot of crap about the baseball thing because he's like, dad, you've taught us all these hard and fast rules. And then you're like, "Eh, I don't know. It benefits me to be on the third baseline. So, but outside of that, very straight and narrow. Likes baseball. Yeah. And likes baseball, but that's, that's unimportant to this particular story. (laughs) So, so what happens then is we get to the DMV and he goes, here's what we're going to do. You're going to take that that license because it says Kentucky state driver's license. And the rule is that you have to turn in a out of state license for a current state license. And you're going to walk into that guy over there and you're going to tell him you need to trade your license for an Arkansas state license, which he has determined is somehow a fair trade, even though it's not because it says, because he thinks he, I mean, he's following the rules, right? Like kind of, because it says take a, uh, driver's license from another state, which this is labeled a driver's license. It just has a small caveat in the bottom that says this is a permit. Yeah, yes, which means it's not a driver's license. <laughs> but it says, okay, so this is the argument, right? Right. So we yeah. go in, we hand it to a guy who looks very much like he had been partaking in illegal substances and is very disaffected and does not want to be there. And I kind of gulp, like as I remember this story, it's like a cartoon where you go, yeah. you know, and I hand, like I'm nervous about it. And I hand him my license and the guy looks at it and it feels like a year. And he looks at it and he turns it over and then he goes, all right, go stand over there. And he points me to the blue screen and they take my picture and they hand me an Arkansas state driver's license unrestricted. And that was, you know, I look at your dad in a very different light from all of this at this point. (laughs) The baseball thing, I don't care. I mean, who cares? I mean, like baseball is so super boring. But think about what your dad did. He gave you freedom. Well, and so, I mean, if you think about every time you've ridden with me and you've been a little concerned, like has there ever been a time that you've been in my car and you've thought? Yes. There has been, there has been a time or two where I was like, eh, just gas brake or I can't remember exactly what it is with you, Brian. There's something, there's something in the car. I can't remember what it is. There's been a time or two where I'm like, Hmm, 
Well, I don't publicize this story normally for that reason, but I would like to say that now it is out there in podcast universe land and you know, it is my truth. So we're just, we're, we're dealing with my truth today. That's, that's all I can say about that. <laughs> truth. The lie will set you free. Thanks dad. <laughs> Thanks preacher man. Uh, so that brings us to the point of the show where we probably need to figure out who's won this bad boy, right? I mean, both like we have some similar stories here. What we found out is that oh, we both have fathers who were willing to do some things that were probably a little bit not kosher in right. in order to help us accomplish something that we needed as teenage drivers. Yeah, I don't know if my dad can spell kosher, Brian. <laughs> I would like to hear him describe what it means for something to be kosher. Can we get can we get a glimpse of what that might be like? Oh man, do you know that his idea of what kosher would be? would be a really funny explanation. <laughs> I like, like if, I think he would be wrong first. <laughs> like the definition would be wrong, but he would get meat and the Jewish people together, but then wrong. Well, I, all I can think of is when you described on a former episode, making eggs and what color they were when they came out of the frying pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And he's opened the Torah before. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, I mean, he's, he's, He's close to some some uh, some people that are Jewish. He's got parents, but yeah, I don't know if he knows what that is. I, I don't know who had the better story. This is a tip. It's a toss up. This is a difficult one for me. Well, here we go. How about we, if we scoot even closer, I think we can share the tiara, and then we can uh, we just split the points down the middle. So we we both get five hundred and seventy seven points. Okay, I, I think I can be. This is fair enough that we split it. Even though I kind of like it because I just don't really ever have ever thought about your dad being dishonest. Like my dad, it, bets were off a long time ago. Like once, once like his middle school teacher was like, I'll give you an A if you won't come to class. <laughs> right? Like that was like when he was a teenager, like barely a teenager. Your dad's a nice guy. Well, so here's what, we, here's what we've decided. Okay, we're, so we'll, we'll split it. We'll, we'll split it, and then I would like to hear a really rollicking defense of my father via email. So if you're listening to this episode and you and you are on the side where you either practice law or uh, have always aspired to, and you would like to write a defense of this action and why it wasn't technically illegal, send it to wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. We'll read it on the next episode. I bet you we have people that are attorneys that listen and they're not going to send that email, man, because there's no <laughs> way to defend that. Wrong. Prove Mark wrong. It's totally okay that we, that we did this. Okay, we are the story guys uh, at we are the story guys at gmail.com is how you email us. You can find us on uh, Facebook as well at uh, we are the story guys. You can look um, you know everywhere where you download stuff. Where you have, wherever you downloaded this right now. Obviously, that's where, I, I, when I listen to podcasts and they're like download this at all your favorite. It's like. I'm listening to you. Like I've clearly found right. your podcast, but if for some reason you came to the website and you want to make it even more convenient for yourself, uh, you should be able to find us on iTunes and Spotify. And we're working on, on the old Google play as well. Okay. So I think that's it. Is that it? That's it, man. Yeah. All right. Do you want to say the final thing? Yeah. Keep telling stories. Story guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.